I'm Dwayne Brummett. He's Ali Albarigo, and this is the School Owner Talk Podcast. Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Albarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Ali, great to be with you, sir. Yeah, great to be with you as well, Dwayne. I, I was saying on, I texted you a little love letter before. I'm like, I, I miss doing our calls. When we miss it, I, I feel out of sorts. Like, I feel like my week isn't complete when we, we don't do our podcast. And last week, I didn't do either podcast. So I was really like, wow, I, I'm a failure. <laughs> nah, everybody gets busy. And it's a midweek check-in for us. I mean, really, it's it's the middle of the week. We get to say, hey, how did the, the, the rest of last week go? How is this week going? And, and uh, yeah, it's a great time. It is too. And, and, and um, you know, I, I think just, I mean, if it's, if for nothing else that listeners could hear this, it's just being around like-minded people is just, even if it's a short amount of time and with, the, with technology now, if you have a zoom account, you could just throw a friend the link and you could chat on zoom. And I have my website partner barely comes out of her house, but we're always on Skype together just talking and I'm working and she's at her house working. We chat and, you know, do things like that. So even my guitar instructor, he's going to be doing a lesson. He's on tour with his band and he's going to be in Scotland. So I'm going to do a lesson from Scotland and his hotel room when he has some time off. Isn't that neat though, that you can, <clears throat> we now can do that. I mean, I guess we, we probably always could have done that, but not everybody was tech savvy enough and it's kind of pushed it that way. Yeah, definitely. Like, look, there's so many things that came out of COVID that were negative, but then so many positive things as well that you say to yourself, like, oh, my God, this is a great, great thing, you know, and th that was one of the benefits. We're still running Zoom and, um, you know, we have parents that are in the classroom and, you know, watching in our lobby, watching the class. And then the parents, other family members that are at work, they'll tune in and watch from their station. They'll put the phone up and get to see their kids practice, which is something that was un un impossible. You know, yeah. years ago, like we never would have thought, like even testing a lot of the grandparents from different states could zoom in and watch the test and be there for their grandchild. Like how cool yeah. is that? Like things that we never would. And, and if if not just for that benefit alone, people should maybe zoom the tests. So maybe other relatives could see it or zoom a specific class, like whatever, you know, so the parents could see. Like one of the moms just asked me about summer camp. She said, uh, can we watch our kid in summer camp at all? I said, we're not always in the same room. I said, but there will be some times where we can arrange for you to see if you'd like, and I'll give you the link and we'll make sure the cameras are on and you can watch them, you know, like that's fine with me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you got nothing to hide. Yeah. It's not, but at the same time, how cool is that? Like, you know, for a parent to, yeah. I would have loved that. Right. Been in my daughter's classroom and see what they're doing. Like, that just every once in a blue moon, just to stay connected. Absolutely. So uh, today's topic, because uh, that this is the reason why you weren't doing podcasts last week, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is, uh, you were a part of the uh, the uh, martial arts uh, uh, business growth summit. Yes. Right. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about uh, about that, uh, the lineup that you had, and you know, let's kind of talk about some takeaways from that, and then. Obviously, you know, uh, I, I guess, you know, towards the end, I think it would be we would do a, 
our listeners a disservice if we didn't tell them how to reach out uh, and uh, get a hold of some of that information if that's something yeah. that they want as well. So well, yeah, definitely. Um, well, first off, it was cool. It was a lot of work. Like you know, I, I mean, I needed to take off Friday night and just I was exhausted. Like, and it's not you know, it's interesting. It's not like you're like when I used to shovel rock and grass and dirt and all, you know, like physical labor, I come home a different kind of exhausted. Like I could gather up my strength and go to the dojo afterwards, but I was exhausted. But like when you have that mental exhaustion, you're done. Like, you know, so I like sat on the couch and I was just like out of it. Like I could barely even talk, not because I was so tired, but just because your brain is so used up, you're having a problem like functioning. And, um, but it was great. Like we had, 10, 11 amazing speakers, like, you know, guys like Dave Kovar, Tom Petiri, Toby Milroy, Stephen Oliver, Jeff Smith, Alan Law, I spoke, Gus Lopez from uh, from uh, Lead Hunter Media, Gil Katz, um, who am I missing? Um, did I say Dave Kovar? I, yes, I, I, yeah, yeah that, there was a whole bunch. In fact, I could tell you the speakers, but it was just so good. Like just being for me too, like I was a mo moderator, so I was on every call. Um, but oh, also Matthew Brennan, which is uh, Solomon Brenner's bit, uh, brother and business partner and so on on the schools. Um, who else did we have? Uh, oh, Tony Giannini, who was, uh, was he's like amazing when it comes to summer camps and all that. So that's what we were doing all week. And they gave out so much information and it was just being there. I literally took took like pages and pages of notes by hand as well, like myself. And, and I'm, I'm supposed to be a guy who knows his stuff. Right. But uh, you know, there's so many things that I forgot and so many great comments and reminders and, and so on. It was amazing. Well, and, and I can relate to the uh, mental exhaustion uh, this past week, you know, I was in Nashville and um, you know, coach Bert, uh, I went to one of his seminars. So that was all day Friday and Saturday. Who is he? Who is he? Yeah, so uh, he is a, I would kind of liken him to a Zig Ziglar sales trainer, uh, motivational speaker, but more process oriented mm -hmm. than Zig. So there was a lot of actual, uh, Zig was way more motivational, right? And less tactical, I think. Okay. Um, but Coach Burt is motivational, but more more of uh, uh, the different tactics, you know, step cool. one, step two, step three, those type of things. So, I, I, and, and after each, after each day, I mean, I was exhausted and you know, all you did was sat there and take notes. You go by yourself or with your wife or. No, I, well, I, yeah, I drove down there by myself, but uh, um, there was some other, <clears throat> so there was two other um, martial artists that are also health coaches like me. Okay. I didn't know they were going. I happened to walk into the hotel and, there uh, they were. and only one of them was sitting there. And I said, John, what are the chances? And he goes, I didn't know you were coming. I didn't know either. He said, yeah, Dan's here too. And and so uh, uh, that was just really funny how we were all in the same hotel. Oh, but very cool. Uh, yeah, it was, it, you know, uh, we went down there more as health coaches. Yeah. You know, to kind of uh, just, you know, tighten up our systems and those type of things. Right. But uh, the, the funny thing is, if you're in the martial arts long enough, and you've done enough reading and research and studied even just, you know, the, the Stephen Olivers, the Toby Melroy's, the, you know, I mean, just you, I mean, yeah, yeah. All, all those individuals, if you, you know, Coach Burt did not do anything or say anything that was uh, brand new, 
that I didn't know, but there were some connecting some dots and actually some verbiage. Yeah. Uh, that, that I go, Oh, then it's golden. Cause I can remember back when, um, I had, uh, Keith Hafner. So grandmaster mm-hmm. Hafner as a, as a coach and just even in the phone script, cause I, I, I did Tommy, uh, um, Lee, Tommy Lee's, uh, success system. Yeah. Forget what it was called, but, um, but anyways, I, I used his phone script forever. And then there was one little thing that I took from Keith Hafner and put that in the phone script that made all the difference. Right. Um, just to enhance the structure that Tommy gave me. Yeah. And then I literally tell people that I paid $2,000 to get that question from, uh, from Keith Hafner. Right. And so you know, the same thing kind of applies to this, you know, this was like a $2,500, um, you know, seminar for me, not including the, you know, time spent and the, the hotels and the gas and all that stuff and food. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was just some connecting the dots, all that to say, it, it, it was, I understand the mental exhaustion yeah, yeah. after those type of days, because then, you know, you're trying to spend the, like, I really would have loved to had Sunday, Monday and Tuesday, not to do anything, but just to kind of digest and revisit those right. type of things. So now I got to go back and schedule some time to do that, which yeah. I'm sure people from the summit, you know, if they're smart, they're going to do that exact same thing. Yeah, you know, I definitely, yeah, that, that, by the way, I, is that the Tennessee that when I was passing on the road, it said Tennessee going that way that, that this girl I was dating, like thought I was like messing with her. I'm like, no, I think that's really Tennessee that you take that road. No, it isn't. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah, you're right. It is the Tennessee. Yes. Yeah. I definitely want to go visit Tennessee. My wife, that's one of her goals. She wants to go there. So I got to bring her one day. But, um, so so yeah, for me, like I listen to these guys and, and I'm like, wow, like, for example, just listening to Dave Kovar, he's very inspirational, you know, and I, I really like him because for me, he's like a martial artist, martial artist, right? Like a coach, like he's a martial artist first. And, and I enjoy hearing him because he talks about, um, you know, the, the martial arts and how that relates to the business, not the business and how you can relate your martial art to doing business, which uh, I love his concept. So like one of the things I wrote down, you know, he said, uh, you know, um, the five mindsets of having a successful school. Number one was be the friendliest school in town. Like when people walk in uh, and and I, I know this, and I'm sure you know this too, is like people, you think that it's easy because we do it every day and it's just like coming to a karate school, but like, especially for adults and teenagers, they, they have this weird mindset of what they're going to expect. Like one of the kids recently, the parents said, my kid wanted to come to class, but we're going to cancel it because he saw the Cobra Kai videos and he doesn't want to get beat up like mm-hmm. they do at Cobra Kai. And I said, well, that doesn't happen, but at the same time, bring him in. And then he came in and he ended up joining because it wasn't at all what he thought. Right. So that first step is the most scariest for people. Even my wife, Nicole had said, uh, that even coming to my school and knowing who I am, of course, I'm going to protect her, take care of her. She said it was the most intimidating thing that she's ever done in her life was come to the martial arts school. Yeah. And then that weird that, yeah. uh, you know, but that goes back to what John Graydon had said is, you know, we've got to watch out our black belt eyes because, you know, we see things from a black belt perspective, right. a martial artist perspective, and not necessarily the, the customer or client's perspective. All yeah. the time. 
So he had said, number one, be the friendliest school. When someone walks through the door, they should feel like they're a long lost relative. And you and I'm, I'm paraphrasing and then adding my own two cents to it. But, um, you know, they, they should feel like they're the long lost relative that they haven't seen in a while. That's how nice they should feel. And it should have such a great environment and inviting environment. You should breed the mentality that others will then be like, hey, nice to meet you. Other parents that are sitting there and kind of take them under their wing. And hopefully you have no negative Nelly because I've had a few that were poison and toxin that would sit in my lobby and a new person would come in and they would tell them bad things. So I don't have that. You know, I have beautiful people that are always like, yeah, my son has done this. My daughter has come out of her shell. This is the greatest. They're so nice. So you have that number one is being the friendliest environment in town, right? That's the most friendliest environment you could ever have in, in your, the friendliest school, quite frankly. Yeah. So what's the second one? Second one was... Um, to be the cleanest school uh-huh. in town, right? And I know a lot of people, and I kind of find it funny. I don't know if you have anybody that you follow that are martial artists in your area uh, on Facebook. I have a friend that he's always posting pictures of him cleaning. School's clean and ready, mopping, vacuuming, you know, scrub machines. I'm like, I, I, we don't really do that, but we clean a heck of a lot, but we've always cleaned a heck of a lot. Like we were always a clean school. COVID made it a little bit more where we'd spray between classes, which we might not have ever done or wipe bags down. And, but, um, you want people to come through the door. I, I once had a mom, it was really eye-opening to me. I hadn't seen her in many years and she said, Oh, I remember your school. We had great times there. I remember it always smelled like feet though. You know, like, Okay, that's not a memory I want in her head, you know, but, you know, our schools are people sweating and, and, you know, like continuously moving, but we don't want that to be a memory, right? So we want to be known like just from the smell, from the look, you know, and a lot of times people don't do that. Their schools got garbage pails that are overflowing and, yep. you know, clutter, like oh, I, cobwebs, I did cobwebs in the corner. I actually did my my topic that I spoke about was retail sales, which, you know, I love talking about that. And um, I showed a picture of Samford and son, the, you know, the old TV show and his garage yes. and like this pipes and things and everything everywhere. Like I always say, don't make your school look like Samford and son. Right. So uh, but but that was the thing. Like you want them to walk through and be like impressed, like right away with the smell and the cleanliness and how your school is set up and the decor like he would, <clears throat> he called out one of the people that were on the video conference and he says, you see all those blank walls? Um, that's advertising space. You should have all your, actually, I don't think he said that. Jeff Smith said that. He said it's messaging spots, you know, black belt school, you know, we build champions, you know, uh, family fun environment, like whatever your messaging is that you're trying to get through about your brand should be on those spaces and on those walls. Yep. Agreed. So that was number two. And um, of course, number three, which is an interesting one. And I think we we tend to forget this, but we have to make sure that every class is like the best class we've ever taught, you know, having great classes. And I and I have a few clients that struggle with that. Like, I don't know if it's personality. I don't know if maybe they've been doing it for so long that they're taught. Like for me, I have to admit, like I'll go in like on fire, ready to teach. And then I'll teach the first class. By the second class, I have a bunch of these young youth kids between like seven and 10 years old and nine years old. And they don't listen. And they're talking when I'm talking. One kid is licking the wall. The other one is pushing this one. And and I'm trying to refocus every skill that I know, you know, pattern interrupts and all this. And still it's some kids are not listening. And I'm like, oh my God, do I want to be doing this forever? Like, am I, am I, you know, I got to the level where my top 
tolerance level is like this big compared to what it used to be, which was like miles long. And then I get frustrated. So like my, my guy will come out and be like, Shan, I got this. Let me, let me round them up for you because they're so used to him. Cause he's there a little bit more than me. That's what I was going to say. It was different when you were teaching all the time because they didn't do that with you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when, when they originally were your students, I mean, I know they're your students, but when you talk I, all the time, yeah, it's totally different. Although you know? I do teach a lot. Like, I, so I'm there four days a week, not six. So, but I think though they're, you know, of course they're creatures of what they do the most. So like if my one instructor, he teaches from a, a sense of being joking. Like I can see when I'm there, like my class is coming in. I'm like, I tell my team, I'm like, you better not rile them up before the class, pushing them and joking with them and laughing and ah, making, and I'm like, I want them calm so that when I get them on the floor, they're going to be calm and then I can start my class from and then go from there. I don't want to have to come in and try to rein them in and rein them low, you know, lower them down. So I think that's a part of it. But anyway, that was the, that was the, the, uh, the second one, the third one, which third was great one. classes. Yeah. Can I add something to that? Of course. Of course. Um, this is the way I've always looked at it um, is the karate mat is the stage. The karate students are the actors on the stage. I'm yeah. the director. Right. And the parents, they're the paying members of the audience. The spectators, right? Yes. And so I've got to put on the best show that they've ever seen Yeah. every single time we step out on that. Yeah. And I don't mean show as in shows about me, but I mean show with regards to the fact that, you know, obviously we're teaching great martial arts. The students are having a great time. They're getting a great workout. Kind of goes with that. That was at SSL, sweating, smiling and learning. But then on top of that, that the parents are actually engaged and having a good time. I mean, that's when you know that you've uh, taught a good class is when the parents also are engaged as well. I I muted myself because my stupid dogs were barking. So I, I <laughs> you know, you're 100 percent right, though, dude. I mean, that's like and, and by the way, that probably leads right into the next one, because he had said that you need to have excellent communication and. I am helping someone get indoctrinated into spark, right? Which for me, I know how valuable it is and you do, and they're our sponsor and all, but like um, being able to communicate is the key to success. And by the way, when I say communicate, what, what Sensei Kovar also meant was, um, you know, not just communicating, Hey, this is when the next class is, this is the gear you need to buy. Here's your upcoming test but really, really communicating and also tied into what Jeff Smith was saying, tying in your goals and communicating your goals and getting them, the, in, indoctrinating them into what we do. Because quite often, I, I think that people still look at us, especially parents that are very busy in this modern society, like we're just another activity yes. that they're doing with their kids. And I just had a, a really, it's so disappointing. I had a really good kid. He's in my black book club been with me for like three years. And for some reason he kind of fell out of the swing of things. The parents brought him, gave him a break, brought him a little, gave him more of a break. And now he doesn't want to go and he wants to quit. So you try, I tried it to talk to the parents. I wish they would have told me ahead of time this was happening, but they participated in it. And now he doesn't want to go anymore. And they're like, well, we don't want to force him. We don't live by that mentality. And uh, you know, I, now you, you, I'm, I lost them. Like basically they're done. They, they're not going to be talked out of it. I can't give right. them any sense because I'm just another activity. I'm not, they're not looking at me as if I were 
um, a counselor or an educator who's saying like, these, these are the things you need to do to get your kid to be smart or to be a good part of society. We're just another thing that they do. And without us, no big deal. He'll do other things. So I think that communication all along, as you and I both know, we have an onboarding process and all this other stuff that is so important for our schools to get them to think, the parents, the students, to think about the future and what they're going to do and how they're going to be. Well, and so it's not just the onboarding, but but it's also the ongoing boarding. Right, right, exactly. You know, I mean, that's after the onboarding process, there needs to be an ongoing boarding yeah. process that, that right. takes them from each belt level to each uh, upgrade right. to whatever it is. Yeah, yeah so I, I would consider that maybe like more of an educational kind of thing, because also, too, as we know, people are probably more engaged between zero to like 14 months than they'll ever be. And then if they continue on, some of them are still going to stay in the game and really love what they do. And they'll eventually hopefully become black belts. But the majority of people, the peak of their excitement is in the newness and the early stages. It's almost like marriage and you're dating. It's like unbelievable, you know, and, uh, you know, that old story where, you know, the, the girl's like, oh, my God, he snorts when he sleeps. It's so cute, you know. And then she's like, I can't believe it. And later on, he snores all night. And the, the girlfriend said, I thought you said he snorted and that was cute. Yeah, not anymore. I can't sleep like so our tolerance level gets less and less the newness wears off and right. and we forget the benefits in fact this one parent said to me i i hope that you'll um let us out of our agreement and you know uh we were we were very loyal to you during covid and i go yes you stuck with it during covid i said but weren't we loyal to you we gave you a place to be an activity for your son to do well all else shut down the world was shut down you're on zoom for school which was barely school and we were there interacting and engaging you and I, right? We did, we did uh, bingo nights. We did, you know, um, scavenger, hunts. scavenger hunts. I did a pet show. Like all I these did, uh, lunchtime with Mr. Brummett. I know like Friday nights, so, you know, that we were giving up of our lives to make sure that we're in. And by the way, you know, I'm glad we did because thank God, because we're still in business. Other schools refused to do that. And now they're out of business. But at the same time, don't, people don't see that. Like sometimes they're all of a sudden they did you a favor, but they were loyal to you. Like they forget we brought in best instructors, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I think I did. Did I come in as a guest and you came in to me as well? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we had uh, big B we had, you know, just yeah. a bunch of different people. I mean, I, I, I did an interview with a, a psychologist uh, yeah. and, and gave that to parents and stuff too. We did a two, two part interview with that. I also, one of my biggest, uh, homeschooled parents who has nine kids. Right. We, I immediately did. All right. Now everybody's homeschooled. How do you do this? Right. And I, I did a, 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 a webinar, uh, with her and, and gave that out. So like I was trying to help any way that I possibly could help. Yeah. Good. And I know people tend to forget that, but that leads to the communication thing that he talked about. Excellent communication, not just initially before you get them signed up, but throughout the entire process, because that communication will get people through the gate of each stumbling block or each speed bump, like from yellow to green or green to blue, blue to purple, purple to brown, brown to black, and then above, you know, so communicating the goals. And back to that great communication, Jeff Smith said too, he said, you have to kind of set up 
methods of communication that build people's mindset into the future. Like for me, we used to say, what's the quest? They'd go to be the best. And then I'd say, what's our goal? They'd say black belt. So people were getting their black belt and quitting. So we changed that. What's the quest to be the best? What's the goal? Black belt and beyond, sir. Like, because if you say something every day, it becomes part of their psyche. In fact, I had a parent one time, one of the parents said, what is the school like? And they say, well, it's not just kicking and punching. It's the martial arts and beyond. That's my slogan, right? But it's been ingrained in their head for so long, they just kind of spit it out. All yeah. right, number number five, which was so important, and he said, always be recruiting. And I just today and yesterday on all my coaching calls, I'm saying like, you know, and by the way, this goes to feed into Stephen Oliver. Um, He said, you know, yeah, Facebook is great. A lot of us went from doing tons and tons of work to be able to hire an agency like Lead Hunter Media and then fill our, our bucket with leads. So we gave up on all the other things. And he said, well, normally you would be like, if you were back in the nineties, you would say, I'm doing an ad in the paper. I'm doing bus, you know, signs on buses. I'm doing rack cards. I'm doing VIP. Like the list went on and on and on. And we get little from here, a little from there. He says, but it was a collective, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he says, now we just do Facebook, maybe Google, maybe TikTok. Right. But it's all stuff that people are doing for us. And now we're like, we're super happy. We're like, oh, my God, this is so easy. I just pay the dude and he gets me leads. And if he doesn't, you know, a lot of people fire that dude and get another dude to get him leads. Right. But for me, I look at it and I go like, why did we give up on all those other grassroots marketing campaigns? And Stephen Oliver is talking about how his schools are still going to the movie theaters and doing booths in the theaters. And they're getting three, 400 leads on a weekend over the course of like Dr. Strange or one of those movies or, you know, uh, another Marvel film, Spider-Man. And he says they're signing up 30 out of the 300 into full memberships. He says it's worth like $150,000 for that one weekend of your time. Now, I've never had the greatest results doing those things, but um even if I were to do it and I got 10 leads and five signed up, it'd still be worth it, right? Because one lead would probably pay for the whole entire thing. And well, the other one four, person signed up and they yeah. stayed with it for a year, it was well worth it. Exactly. So like he he had talked about it. And, you know, of course, Dave Cover is like, always be recruiting, always be marketing, you know, having your students help you promote referral programs, you know, renewals and, and have them bring a friend to testing and all this stuff that you could be doing, handing out VIP passes for you. And then, you know, now listening, to uh, Stephen Oliver, and he's like, do movie theaters, do fairs, do events and parades. He says, there's no reason why you should stop doing that stuff because if you still are killing it during with Facebook, now that's on top of that. So now you're doing double the amount of leads. So that's why his schools are like million dollar schools, and they're signing up, you know, thirty people a month. He said because the machine is in full operation. Yeah, and and so it's something that we forget sometimes. Yeah, well, and I don't know that. Um... I mean, maybe besides newspapers, because I don't know. I mean, we only have one newspaper in town right now. We used to have two. So, I mean, it's like, yeah. Yeah, he was saying, which I agree, like, you know, print stuff is probably dead. You know, yellow pages are dead. You know, you're not going to do those things that they've been dead for a long time. Like, they're just not existent anymore. Well, anytime you can get in front of somebody and, and, and yeah. you know, have an interaction with them, you have a much better chance. Yeah, that's what he was so. saying. Yeah, I mean, we've got a, a school. I, I've told you about it before that uh, it's uh, pre pre K, and that we go in, we do a, a like this this year we did a five week series, uh, two times a week. We were the PE teachers, right? Uh, we 
but in the past we've gone up to nine weeks and stuff like that. But uh, they're doing their annual uh, fair again, which mm-hmm. now they can do, you know, where they could in the last two years. But uh, we're going to have a booth there. That's great. Um, so we're taking um, uh, this styrofoam. I, it's like, I don't know, if it's like the styrofoam insulation. Yeah. Like the thinner, thinner one. Mm-hmm. And then we're, we're cutting them up to um, like 12 inches by, I think, six in yeah. width. And uh, so they're going to be boards, I mean, right. for these little kids. And so we're going to have a booth. They and, and what they have to do is at this event, they have a sheet and they have to visit so many booths in order to get a prize or something. Okay. And so um, anyways, we're going to teach them how to hit the pad, you know, with a, with a palm strike or a karate chop, whichever they right. want. And then after they hit the pad a few times, then we're going to say, all right, now you're going to break this board. One, two, three, break. Boom. They break it. The, the parents taking the picture at the same time. We right. give them the board. And then we're going to give them information about the studio and, and, yeah. you know, just kind of, you know, move from there. Yeah. That gets me excited. Cause like, I don't think when I started, like there was anything that I didn't do like, and, and you know, like I, with my landscaping company, I advertised everywhere. Like we were, we, you know, and when I first opened my martial arts school, the adult class was we jog once a week. And as we would jog, they would, we, you know, these five people did that side of the road. These five people did that side of the road and it running house to house and putting in and we make it to the end and hit the next block. And by the time we were done, class was over. We hit like 10 blocks in the neighborhood and we were able to do flyering, you know, putting flyers in their doors, you know, so like that was just another way. And it was training people and, and they understood the students. They never said, oh, I'm I'm paying to to run and advertise for you. No, they were like, well, this is part of our workout. We're having fun doing it and we're helping the school to boot. So I think that people who are listening, you know, school owners should really go back and say to themselves, like, what can I do every day to get my name out there? And that's what I like about this was the ABR always be recruiting or ABM always be marketing. And, and let me say this with Spark, because here's what we're going to do to collect these, the info. Yep is with spark you can create a um oh what do you call it a word right that then they can text that word to oh, okay yeah a key called? keyword yeah the keyword and um we're gonna basically have a, a sign and of course we're gonna be talking about it but um we're gonna offer them uh we're doing a, a drawing right or uh train with us the whole summer for free mm-hmm so, and then, you know, we're going to pick two or three of them that will win, but then everybody else will get the opportunity to do one month free. Okay. You I know, love it. but, but, but we are going to use technology the way that do you can, right. have you used the keywords in Spark? I have before? not yet though. No. And it's oh very my easy. gosh. It is so easy to collect their name. Yeah. Uh, well, the way that it works is, you know, of course they do the keyword then it comes back and says, you know, Hey, put, uh, give me your name. Right. And then it'll ask for the email address after that. And then you can send them to wherever you want, okay. um, you know, from there. That yeah, I like that. And then there's I mean, different automations that you can create to follow up with them. So, but that's what we're going to do in this, in this instance, so that we can collect their data um, <clears throat> and make it, make it, uh, you know, I'm just going to do like, I don't know, free, free summer. Yeah. You know, text, text the words free summer to this t- telephone number. That's great. Like, I mean, so, so that's another thing. Like, so we, so we're always marketing, we're always recruiting, except that sometimes, I mean, I'm sure you as well as I uh, always like, we'll find ourselves like, you know, a week or two could go by and we rely on what we have in place. We have our Facebook in place. We're doing, you know, referral marketing. We maybe are doing a buddy week. 
Um, but we kind of just sit back and we're not as aggressive as if we hired an advertising person to work for our school and their sole and primary function is to market the school and get new people through the door. And if they didn't perform with at least a minimum of whatever per week, they're not doing their job well enough and we're going to have to let them go. And so that they would be out there gung ho every single day trying to recruit members, right? It's almost like the, you notice that sometimes that, I don't know if it's intentional, but the military will set up recruitment bases next to bars. Oh, really? Yeah, I've heard that that and they actually, I think, got away from that. And it might just be something that I read somewhere, maybe in a movie I saw, but people get drunk and it's midnight and one o'clock in the morning, there's a recruiting officer in his office waiting for people to stumble through and literally sign up for the military, you know, like that kind of thing. So like they're, you know, they're always on call. They're always ready to go. They're always recruiting and and they... Uh They, they recruit, you know, even the military will go to schools and do fairs and, you know, you know, they have booths and there, this is the military, the world, you know, the world's largest military is still out there recruiting to keep millions of people in our armed forces. Right. They, have, they have to recruit too. Um, you know, so that's interesting, but yeah, so that was the one thing that I, I really enjoyed from, you know, I, not one, but the five tips. He also had a few others that were really cool. Like, he said, you should major in the minor things. I wrote that quote down. I thought that was outstanding. He also had a great quote that I put on my Facebook immediately. He says, hurt people, comma, hurt people. So hurt people will hurt people, right? You know, and that's the way they're hurt. They want to hurt you as well. And I, I have a friend that sometimes is, uh, I don't know, they, she says some of the darnest things. Like came over the other day and saw my pictures all over the wall. She's like, oh, my God, that's a lot of pictures. That doesn't look good. I'm like, why would you say that? You know, and do you really like them? That's what she said to me. And I'm like, no, no, I, I hate them. In fact, I put them up there to torture myself because I, I want to look at pictures I hate and I don't like. You the way should I have said them. I put them up there specifically to torture you. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, so sometimes you ask, like, why would people say things like that or say miserable things? But, you know, that when people are not happy, they tend to kind of they don't even know it, but they spew that a little on you. But I love that he said major in the minor things and the minor things are like, you know, following up and following through, calling up a, class, a trial class and seeing how they liked it. You know, I, I, I can't believe it how many people that I talk to in the industry that have an aversion and they're like, they hate human interaction and calling and texting and emailing and talking to. And I'm like, aren't you in the people person business? Isn't this a business? Like, it's like if I was a lead singer of a rock band, but I hated singing. Doesn't make sense. Or hated singing in front of people. Right, right, exactly. That just doesn't make sense. So it's like we're in this type of business. We have to learn to do it. Well, uh, COVID didn't help any. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it was it was like that beforehand, but I think it, it has spiked even more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, not wanting to actually interact with individuals. Yeah. You know? I well, I'm I'm kind of like that. Like my my wife Nicole will say like. It was up to you. You'd never leave the house. And I'm like, I when COVID hit, I was in heaven. Like I was like, I, I could teach from my downstairs room. I set up a little dojo. I teach. I walk upstairs. I'm done. Like it was like very cool for me to be able to have that. And then I had that tranquility of not having to be, you know, but you and I deal with people all day long. So sometimes you, I don't know if you feel this way, but like when you're done dealing with all your clients for the week, you sit back and you're like, okay, I, I need a break. And I get to just have a little peace and quiet. Um, I'm like that. Like I need to shut down at certain points, but I, oh, yeah. I still am always, you know, always with, I love being with people, but when I'm not, I also love that too. 
But I, I think that people like school owners, they need to major in the minor things, the things that make the most difference for them. And I think that was pretty outstanding. Well, and I think that even like to take that uh, in a different avenue, it kind of uh, reminds me of um, Giuliani's broken window thing. So, yeah. you know, when there's something that needs to be repaired, you don't wait. It, right. it could be just a small little uh, uh, paint chip, right? Yeah. But you, you really need to take care of it right now because that is majoring in the minors in a different aspect. And you know what, though? You haven't been to New York in a while, I assume, right? And it literally has gone back in the last four years, back 20 years. I believe it. So, like, when I was a kid, we would jump in my car, 16 years old, and I would drive to the city. We could buy nunchucks. We could buy knives and stuff on 42nd Street. There were peep shows and craziness. And all you saw was prostitution, drug deals going on. And then Giuliani cleaned that entire city up. He put, he sold the shops to Disney. 42nd Street became this beautiful place to be. Now New York is dangerous again. Like I just had a student say to me that they, he said that they arrested someone for a legal handgun. And before they were done doing the paperwork, that person left and went home. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, so it's like insane. Like, so, it, you know, it, it's bad. But anyway, that whole thing with Giuliani is, it was so true. Like, because if you get used to seeing the dojo being dirty, what do you think the dojo is? It's a dirty place. If people drop a tissue, are they going to pick it up? No. But if you teach pride, like I'll, I'll see something on the ground garbage and I'll see five people walk past it and I'll call them all back. And I'm saying, what is that to you guys? And they say garbage. I go, did any one of you see that? And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, you need to look more so you could see what's going on so that you could be a part of making sure the place, the dojo is clean. And if you see something, fix it. If you see something, mention it. If you see something, be a part of helping be the solution. So that's what I love. That whole major in the minor things is pretty awesome. Yeah, and to take that into one other or two other areas, um, that that needs to happen with the students. Right. So if there are small little things that need to be handled, you need to handle them while they're small. Don't wait until they get big because small small hinges swing big doors. And so right. by the time it becomes a big door, it might be a big problem. Right. Uh, and the same thing with staff. So if there's a situation that needs to be – you need to approach your staff member on, even though it's uncomfortable, um, it's better to do it right in the beginning – uh, when it's supposedly, you know, maybe smaller and, and not sweep it underneath the rug. You're not going to be the most liked individual all the time, um, but you, bu- you will be um, at least respected. Yeah. And sometimes that's, you know, um, as I've found out over the years, I think sometimes that's more important than being liked. Right. Um, and I don't mean respected because you're a jerk, but respected because you actually will, will tell the truth even when it hurts um, and, uh, even if somebody doesn't like it and, and, and of course you can be tactical on how you present things, but, you know, majoring in the minors on, on every level, um, you know, not just, you know, what we originally spoke about, but in just t- a lot of different areas. Yeah. And by the way, I, I, you know, I watch a lot of those reality shows like bar rescue and kitchen impossible kitchen nightmares. And you always hear the employees saying like, I don't have any direction. 
Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, so I don't do anything. Like, I once had a kid, it was the most funniest thing ever, interview for a job as a program manager. He's probably in his 20s. So my question was, well, what would you do if you had downtime? You know, like, and, you know, you, you had 10 things to do, but you did them all. What would you do? So the proudly, he said to me, oh, I crank up the music and I and he stood up and he, I'll dance and sing. And I'm like, OK, that's awesome, buddy. OK, cool. All right, great. Well, so, all right, we have enough information. <laughs> and I'm like, get him the hell out of there. Like, I, I definitely would not hire this person. Right. So you like you wonder, like, but what who taught him? that that was okay. Like we have a situation right now where, and it's interesting because the parents know it's happening and they keep telling me, but so we have a little kid, he's probably like seven. And the last three nights he comes home with items from my store. And the parents are like, where'd you get that rubber throwing star? Oh, Joey gave it to me. So they come to me, they're like, did Joey, was he in class? No, he wasn't in class last night. Okay. So that's a lie. So the parents are like, he's stealing things, but he's seven. He knows because he's taking it because he's not mentioning it, but then he's still they're a little unsure if he really understands that stealing is wrong. So I'm like, but the parents are hard. They want me to teach him and they want me to be hard on him. Like they're not like, because they're telling me they could easily just not mention it, right? Because I, I didn't, he goes, one of the parents like, could you go through the camera system and see if this was taken? And I'm going like, what was it? It was like a $2 item. I go, I'd rather not, you know, like spend an hour scrubbing through old footage. Oh, gotcha. You know, so so he's like, well, I think he took it. I go, well, we can have a talk with him. So like, this is the third thing that he's taken. So tonight I'm going to have a conversation with him and I'm going to be like hard on him. Like my, my dad was hard on me. So, but we have to be hard on em employees, not hard and mean, but like give them parameters, give them goals, give them things what to do. And a good friend of mine has a school and he, he my my nephew through through marriage uh, is is one of the highest ranks in that school. And he took off and now he's teaching there again. So I asked the instructor, how did he do? He goes, ah, you know, OK. I go, did you give him a list of things you wanted him to teach? No. Uh, did you give him any parameters of what you wanted done? No. I go, well, then you can't get mad at him for not doing what you thought because you didn't give him anything. You gave him nothing. You just let him go out there and freestyle it, right? So we have to guide our employees on that. Yeah, we, if we don't have direction, uh, the leader's at fault. Absolutely. It's 100% our fault. So another one, Jeff, Jeff Smith was pretty awesome. Like he, you know, um, he had said that, you know, we forget that the martial arts, the advantage of martial arts is, is it, that it has to be goal-based, like our society is very goal-based, right? So I, I think in Eastern culture, in Japan, everyone wants to learn and they want to pass the test, but the, their goal is to be great at what they do, not necessarily learn kata number four, right? So he said that, you know, we have to have goals and we have to, the, the systems have to be goal-based. And then there has to be progressions and entry level, intermediate level, advanced level, and black belt level, where they're shooting for those next tiers. And the school has to monitor those students and push them through each level, make sure there are no sticking points. Because sometimes we say, uh, you know, yeah, they quit at, at green belt. Well, why? W were they frustrated? Did they feel, they did not feel challenged? Did they not enjoy what they were doing? Um, and uh, I think that it's important for us to see, and he says, recognize when they're ready as the instructor, not wait for them to recognize when they're ready. So like, for example, I have a black, a kid, the black belt, uh, a pr prospective black belt club member. And so I asked the kid, I'm like, I, I've been asking you for a while. Why don't we get you into the black belt club? He says, no, I'm not ready. When I'm ready, I'll let you know. I'm like, why, why do you think you're not ready? 
like you don't even know what it is required. And I guess because of the name Black Belt Club, he feels that he has to have a certain level of proficiency. If I could go back in time, I would change the name. Well, that's why I changed mine from Black Belt to Leadership. And that was exactly. uh, Stephen Oliver's um, uh, recommendation. Right, right. Yeah. And, and again, because anytime people think of that club, they think, oh, I'm only a white belt. I'll, I'll think about that in the future. What's well, so, intimidating? It is. And they and they also think like, hey, I still have plenty of time or I'm not ready. I, I'll look funny. So anyway, I had a chat with him and I said, you do realize like people at beginner level join Black Belt Club is nothing more than a name. I had to explain it to him. He's like, oh, I didn't realize, you know. So again, I'm I'm helping him push through each level. And if we don't do that for our students and we just let them stay idle, then we end up shooting ourselves in the foot. Right. So that was a really great lesson. And, um, you know, I, I think that he said you also have to always constantly be planting the seed. Um, and, and I have a funny story for that, too, and, and to uh, to nurture that mindset. So you're the one saying, you know, like, what's your goal? Black belt. Right. You're going to continue. You never you know, white belts never quit or a black belt is a white belt that never quit. And uh, you have to grow and nurture that seed after you plant it, right? And you continually do it. And, and the reason why I say I have a funny story is we have these pictures on our wall of our characters, Eagle, Bear, Wolf, Owl, Fox, Cheetah. And we had small ones that were about, you know, maybe like six inches in width, but we got new ones and they happen to print them really big. So they're like 12 inches. So um, I put them up the other day, the newer ones, and they're bigger now. One of the little kids pulls on my gi. He's like three and a half. Xi'an. And I'm like, yeah, he goes, uh, did you water those? And I'm like, water, water what, buddy? And he points to the stickers. And I'm like, water them. Water them. And I'm like, did I water them? He's like, yeah, did you water them? Because they get bigger, they grow. My dad says, when you water things, they grow. And I'm like, how adorable, right? Like to see. But that mindset is like, it's so true. Like, we need to water and nurture what we want and expect. And if sometimes, I think martial artists sometimes, I know I have, fall short of expecting people just to go through the progressions naturally and just be able to figure it out on their own and be able when they hit a stumbling block and they don't feel comfortable and they feel the feeling that maybe they're frustrated and they want to quit, but they don't know why we need to be there for them. And that goes back to Dave Kovars with, with, you know, exemplary, uh, you know, communication, you know, and, and how do we do that? And by the way, I have that now in my system where at, when they get promoted to white belt, they get an automation for four, four or five uh, steps, email, text, email, text, email. And uh, it's saying congratulations on your belt. This is what you should expect. This is what we expect. This is how you could do it. Here's some training tips. And it kind of nurtures them along in that belt where I never used to do that. I, I would just hope that they'd figure it out. Right. Yeah, so, most definitely. Yeah, we can't leave anything. um to interpretation right because uh the potential is severe if we're leaving it up to their interpretation and so right. we've got to like you said we've got to craft the message we've got to be the excellent communicator uh with that and you know what that's a lot of work yeah that's a lot of work but what i've always told school owners is uh take this group of white belts that are in right now decide how you want to communicate to them right and then give it to them build it and then once they become a yellow belt, decide, okay, this is what I want to deliver to them and build it. And so if you, it takes four years to get the black belt, it's just going to take you four years to create that system. But yeah. from right now to four years from now, don't you plan on being open anyways? Mm -hmm. So why bombard yourself and think that you have to come up with a four-year system in two weeks? 
yeah. or even in two years. Why right. not take four years to develop it and just follow this group of students all the way through? Yeah. And when something comes up and you go, man, I wish I would have said that, you go back to it. You interject into it what you want. Right. right. Um, I would just say be very, very smart on how you um, or strategic and how you deliver that information. So what I mean by that is when we first started uh, putting our curriculum on video, of course, what did everybody do? We created VHS tapes, right? Well, right. I'm not that old, so I created DVDs. Right. The I problem added. was is if you, yeah, but the problem is if you, um, you know, it, if you decide to change something in your curriculum, you can't change that DVD. Right. So fast forwarding, when I had my first online portal, I was able to, um, you know, take the DVDs, all the all the um, videos, footage from it, and then, you know, chop it down mm -hmm. and make them into individual videos. Yep. Um, and then now if I change something, all I have to do is change that individual video. Yeah. So that's kind of what I mean is when you are creating this system from white to yellow, uh, create individual things. If you're going to do videos, don't make it one video that covers all 12 points. Right. Maybe it needs to be 12 videos that cover the 12 points, because if you ever change a point, um, you only need to change one video, not one, not a 12 minute video, but a one minute video. Right. So just be, you know, very um, strategic with that is kind of where I'm going uh, with no, that. And, but it takes you know, four years. It takes you four years to create it. Look, remember the, the speaker, Bob Alexander? Yeah. I bought like his school teaching, you know, 100 cassette tape uh, thing. You open it up and there's each cassette tape. And then I never I never even took it out of the package. And by the time I got to it and I just got rid of so much stuff. Um, it was the DVD phase and then I never even listened to it. And now it's not even DVD anymore. Everything is digital download. Streaming, like yeah. I have people that said to me and it, it kind of forced me to do what you said with my curriculum is get to take my DVD, have my guy cut it up into the techniques in section. And then I put it on our Spark University, which is phenomenal, where you could go in. And it's literally Spark has it for free and can set up the entire uh, an, an entire lesson plan and then you can charge for it. So I have people that every morning because i use vimeo uh to house my videos when i see people like it'll tell me so and not not the person but someone watched you know 101 drills for an exciting classroom or someone watched your five jujitsu moves and i'm able to see people watching the stuff that's on dvd because they bought the program digitally and they watch it on their phone they watch it on the way to work or and if they're on the train um it's a smart way to go and it was really you know it's really such a great thing to do have it available yeah. So I just wanted to interject that is oh, that's great. Make sure you chunk it down or like at least take a moment to think about how can I uh, if I ever need to change any piece of this, how can I make it um, changeable yeah. from the get go? I, I dude, I did that with some of my onboarding. Like and I went back and said, hey, what can I add in that would be fun for them to have? And, uh, and I was able to say, you know, if it was paper and like years ago, have it printed and you have 10,000 copies and buy in bulk and things change, you're like out to the garbage. Now it's digital. You could just change the wording. You could add a quick video. You could add in supplementary stuff and addendums to the curriculum or additions to the curriculum. It just keeps you live and, and flexible. I think that's a great idea.
So yep. yeah, so, so yeah. Anyway, I mean, there's so much on this. I mean, we we talked to Matthew Brenner and uh, you know Solomon's brother, and uh, he talked about school visits and how to get the maximum amount of uh, visits and how you could get into the school systems. That was amazing. Tony Giannini, he's a master on doing uh, click funnels and summer camp. And he does a summer camp that, you know, makes more than most schools make in an entire year just over the course of the summer. He gave some great tips, which was amazing. Um, Tom Petiri, uh, that he's a good friend of mine, such a good guy. I, I I so respect him because he's such like I was at I was at a martial art convention where I was a speaker in North Carolina that Toby Milroy actually produced. And so check this out. This just goes to show. I mean, I felt like amazing, but um I'm in, I came in like five minutes late because I had just gotten there and we drove there. So I sat in and he was on stage, you know, like within three minutes, he recognizes I'm there. He literally walks off the stage. I'm like, Oh, what's happening? He comes up next to me and gives me a hug. And then he points. He's like, if you want to see a great martial artist, this dude's great at what he does, you know, like, but he didn't have to do that. And I, I felt like, wow, that's kind of cool. Like a legendary kind of like really high end person would take the time just for a small guy like me and say nice things. So I've always like, just imagine like what a humble, great human that he is. But he, he talked about a lot of really cool things. Like, for example, like, you know, the adult market in the martial arts. Um, he was talking about how, um, you know, how we, we overlook certain things, like which he said, we want an adult market, but we tend to forget that some of the people coming to the adult market have existing injuries, bad knees. He said, and he wrote, he read the percentages, how many people have a bad back or a back ailment, a bad knee, hip replacement, um, heart conditions, like a good majority of the older population have some sort of ailment or overweight, out of shape, haven't worked out in years. And then he says, that's not including the baggage. They were bullied as a kid, beat up as a kid, you know, all this other stuff. And he says, and then you just want them to come there and become a student and forget all their fears and forget all their problems and just say, I'm ready to change my life and join the school. He said, even when they do join, it's a very uncomfortable process sure. to, to, you know, get rid of a lot of these I'd say anchors, you know, the baggage anchors that we have, you know, and that's why they're jaded. Like a lot of times, you know, you say just, I have a few adults. I'm like, dude, just be quiet. Stop overthinking things. Just train and enjoy yourself. You don't have to get your belt in two weeks and in, in four weeks. You just have fun. That's the first lesson is to be able to learn to have fun and just enjoy without having to set unrealistic goals on yourself, right? You know, like I get you, I guess you get this with weight loss, right? What's your, the people go, I, I, Dwayne, I've been with you for three and a half days and I didn't lose 42 pounds. Like, I don't understand it. Like, you know, like it's unrealistic. Do you have that? Oh yeah, definitely. Or even if the body stalls, cause that has happened, you know, like I had a lady who just in our check-in call on Monday, she only lost uh, a, a 0.6 pounds last week. Right. right. So, so that's, you know, point six, yeah, <laughs> yeah. six pounds, point six. And I said, well, do me if I said, did you take your measurements? And she goes, no, I didn't take my measurements. I said, do me a favor, take your measurements. Right. And uh, so she took her measurements. She texted me back and she goes, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm almost an inch down on my waist. Great. Right. She goes, I didn't even lose a full pound yet. I'm almost an inch down on my waist. I said, let me just tell you that I can't tell you why this happens but I can tell you that your body is changing mm -hmm. and 
yes, maybe you didn't lose the weight that you, and by the way, average weight loss is one to two pounds a week anyways, but I can't tell you why you didn't lose the amount of weight that you wanted to lose. And yet you lost almost an inch on your waist and, and then right. other places as well, yeah. uh, you know, diff different measurements. I said, that's why it's not all just about the weight. It's yeah. also the measurements. And right. then we also, you know, we talk about the fact that um, we do a systems check. You know, did you eat your, your six times a day? Did you get your water right. intake in? Right. How's your sleep going? I mean, what's your stress level like? And we go through, you know, just we're going to do a systems check. Right. And, and those things are just as important, if not more important than the weight loss, because if you are doing all those things, guess what happens? You're going to lose the weight. Right, right. Yeah, so so you you see that right, like where people don't get the gains or the wins or whatever, and then they're and by the way, unrealistic expectations, like you said. Yeah, and by the way, that happens with school owners where they're like, "Hey, I wanted to, I, you know, their goal is thirty students this month." I go, "But is that a realistic goal? Like, have you ever had thirty students in one month? To you know, I, some people do more, but well, I'm like, have the have question you, is, are you doing the actions to right, get exactly. that? And and what they don't understand, most of them is. Uh, they don't know how many leads they need to have right. in order to actually have 30 students. Right. Right. So if they're signing up 50% of their trials, mm -hmm. let's just say that means they needed 60 trials. Right. Well, but there's still an off point because how many people opted in but never showed up? Right. Right. So maybe they need, you know, 90 people to opt in in order to have 60 people actually show up right to actually sign up so did you do enough to have 90 people opt in right 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 and i want okay i'm sorry go ahead no and then i was gonna say and then do you even have the structure to be able to handle 30 people right because you could be in worse shape having 30 people join than if you only had 10 people join right. because you're going to have 20 people or even 25 people leave and talk badly about you because you couldn't service them. That's what we were just talking about before we started the call. Going slow growth sometimes is better growth because as you're growing slowly, you're, you're still focused on your retention and that communication. So you're losing less as you're gaining so that your growth numbers are going up versus having that in through the in front door, out through the back door mindset, because you're so focused on new people, you're not focused on the existing people. So that becomes a very, very tough situation for schools to juggle. So one of one of my coaches, um, <clears throat> I love this phrase, marry the process and divorce the results. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Marry the process and divorce the results. So Obviously, if you want 30 signups, you need to do actions enough to get uh, nine in, in the case that we talked about, right? 90 people to actually opt in, which that means, I don't know, uh, let's say 300 people had to see your ad or 500 people had to see your ad or whatever right. it is, or ads, because you can't just rely on one marketing source right. like we talked about before. And so that's why it's important to, you know, have those processes from like we talked about onboarding, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And a whole array of things we don't have time to go right. into, right. but, but we get so uh, locked into the results that we forget 
to actually work the process, marry that process. Yeah. And, and by the way, you got to make sure that you have a really good process too. You yeah. know, it's and 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 a time tested process. So you yeah. know, getting it from Allie on how you know you you run your school or you know whoever. But 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 if you don't know how to have that correct process, right. you're not going to have the results at all. But marry the process, divorce the results. Yeah. And by the way, the, if you don't do what you just said. And I love that is sometimes we second guess the process and we're not giving the process enough time because you're always looking at the results. Like I hired Gus. Okay. Gus from lead hunter media. The first month he didn't get me as many leads and, and, and I didn't blame him. I thought like, what, what am I doing wrong? Like, cause I told him what's special to run. And, and then, so I said, how about we try something new? And we tried that and we got a little bit better results. And then we tried another one. We got even more. And then one went down even worse until we found the magic sauce for me. Um, everybody's got to learn that there's a process of elimination. You sometimes do split testing, try two separate things at the same time to see what works better. I don't think we do enough re you know, result analyzation where we just kind of throw the, shoot the arrow and hope that it's going to hit the target. And if it doesn't, we're mad at the arrow or the shooter. Yeah. Right? You know, but we're not yeah. ever looking at, well, we, you know, could be the shooter, of course, but if the arrow's crooked, every time you shoot it, it's off target. So we got to make sure that we look at our process and make sure it's the right process as well. And that's where so, some, some good coaches come in. So I know the martial arts business, you know, uh, growth summit is done. Yeah. How, if somebody wants to still get that information, right. It, yeah. it was all digitized. And I mean, like, we have everything. Everything's recorded. Every session was recorded. And by the way, we had 11 speakers and we also did five physical trainings during the day as well. So that uh, Gil Katz did a whole bunch of Krav Maga stuff. I even had my guy come in and teach a grappling class for people to do drills with their students, not necessarily grappling, but they could like what, what he taught when we had uh, COVID we had Zoom. Um, he taught grappling classes to people who didn't have partners like Kenny Bigby taught how to have a grappling buddy. Right. And, and, you know, make a grappling buddy. So, uh, so we had that. So there was five sessions for that. And uh, by the way, they could basically just go to the, the martial art growth summit.com. It's that, that easy. It was that simple. Okay. And we'll, we'll put that in the show notes, but then also, uh, let's put it on this thread as well. If you will, yeah, I'll do that right now. I'll put it in there. It's, and they, they could join. The only thing they won't get is live interaction, but they'll be able to watch every seminar. See every, we also do an intro every single day that we talk about certain highlights from the day before or topics that we didn't get to cover. So that was a pretty good thing as well. So yeah, it, it was really, for me, I, I looked at it when it was all done and I'm going like, this is a really powerful training tool for school owners. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I just popped a link in the, in the message right in there. Perfect. Thanks for doing that. Now, uh, before we go, I just got to say this. So, so in our town today, mm -hmm. we have, uh, some excitement that's happening. Okay. Because, uh, You'll never guess who's coming to visit a farm owner in this area who I know the actual farm and the farm owner that 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 they're coming to who's he's coming to visit. See, I, I have mental insight. So I'm going to say Donald Trump. It is not. It's actually <laughs> Joe Biden. Oh, wow. OK, so Joe Biden is is going to be flying over our town. He's, and my wife just texted me. She said there's going to be three uh, helicopters uh, around Biden's helicopter from O'Hare to Kankakee Airport. So she said, you know, keep an eye out for the for the helicopters. I knew That's this was coming up That's anyways, crazy. just because I know the the farm owner that uh, wow. 
that he's coming to visit. So, um, which, what's he going to do? Go there and confuse everyone? No, just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and, no, and it's, no political comments from me. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, look, I had a conversation with one of my health clients who was like, I, I can't believe they're letting him come to hit their farm and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. Said, you know what? It's an honor yeah. that the president of the United States is coming to your farm. Yeah. Whether you agree with them or not, whether you sure. like, I, I would still be honored. Yeah. Um, you know, now, are have there been some presidents that I would be uh, more happy to see than others? Yeah, Certainly. of course. But that's all our personal preferences, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. But that's so I just, cool. She had just texted me that, so I had to say that that's, towards the that's end That's pretty here. awesome, man. I love it. All right, great. Good luck. Let me know if you see the helicopters. That must be a sight to see. I, I, yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, they, look, I got work I got to get done. I'm they, not going to be out, outside. They have some protective helicopters, probably like Blackhawks, that are following through to make sure he's safe. Oh, I'm sure. It's crazy. I'm sure. Like, I know that there's protests that are happening down on the like the whole street that, that he's going to be going down and everything. Uh, so. Very cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right, dude. Thanks so much. Well, thanks for. I'm happy that we're back on next week. We're back on at twelve thirty. Uh, yes, sir. As, as far as I know. Okay. All right. You keep us posted. I'll try to make sure everyone is on it. All right, dude. All right. We'll see you soon. Have all a good right. day. Have a good one. Take care, everybody. Bye. All right. Bye, bye, sir. Appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate you as well. See you soon. Bye. All right. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Martial Arts School Owner Talk podcast. This would not be possible if it weren't for the support of our amazing sponsors. Please check out Elite Insights for all your website needs. LeadHunterMedia.com, your online digital marketer and content provider. Academy Kings BJJ Growth Consulting and Management Group at GrowMyAcademy.com. SparkMembership.com, hands down the best martial arts software for school owner management on the planet. Get KarateStudents.com, a martial arts growth consulting company for all your systems. Add HealthCoaching.com, helping school owners create a whole other revenue stream for their school. We will see you next time.